0: It's your Locked on Flyers podcast for Wednesday, June 22nd. It's your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is excited to get to some of your off-season Flyers questions today.
1: Yep, let's let's have them.
0: Your Locked on Flyers,
1: your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked on
0: Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, once again, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at RMiriam. I'm here with the incredible Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnFlyers. You'll keep up to date on all our episodes and the Flyers news, all that good stuff. You can also email us at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. That's especially important if you want to get your questions answered for our mailbag like we're doing today. So uh, keep sending them in. We've got some good ones for sure. And in addition to the mailbag on today's show, we are going to get a Stanley Cup Final Game 3 report from Russ uh, down there in Tampa. Should be an exciting conversation because it was a really good game. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening right now. Hit that subscribe button. Tell your friends. uh, Go over on YouTube. You can watch us over there as well. Uh, just a quick note before we get into the show. We did talk about our NHL awards predictions on yesterday's show, but we are recording today's show before those winners are announced. So uh, we'll get to talk about whether or not we were correct on tomorrow's show and uh, still keeping our fingers crossed that future or past us was correct and future us can celebrate.
1: It's very confusing. I feel like I'm in the metaverse I know. now.
0: I know. <laughs> Uh, One bit of Flyers news. Uh, Jay O'Brien apparently had hip surgery, so he will be in recovery for the rest of the summer. In theory, he should be ready to start next season at Boston University, according to Mark Diver, uh, who posted that news and certainly hope it goes well for him. Uh, you know, it's been a little bit of a struggle and we were hoping maybe this would be a really good year for him.
1: Yeah, he had a pretty good year last year. Uh, he, he played well for them. This is just the weirdness of, of the Jay O'Brien uh, career. And,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, I only feel like there's a 30, 40% chance the Flyers are going to sign him or he's going to want to sign in Philly. I just feel like if he gets healthy and has a big year, he he might not sign in Philly
0: yeah it's it's a question mark, and honestly, I think a lot of people would be okay if he didn't because nobody liked the pick to begin with no, but, but it for doesn't sick. I think it would be a, a good thing you know and a good story
1: it would be a good story, and I think you should never um blame where somebody was picked on whether you should have him on your team and he could help you. The only thing is, is though this is where having torts could be a negative because not people who have the choice may not want to choose to play for him. That's the thing. Like, you know, he'll he'll have a choice.
0: Yeah, that is true. And it's something we will have to consider as we move forward. Uh, Russ, game three in Tampa, I think both of us thought that Tampa had a game like that in them, mm-hmm. that they weren't just going to lie down being down two games to none. And I think people were kind of, overestimating the chance of Colorado having a sweep in this series, especially given what we knew about Tampa's ability to come back in series, even in this playoffs. Um, And sure enough, they did it Uh, enough. So to, to chase the goaltender out for Colorado.
1: Well, we weren't the only ones. Like I, I know I was talking about a potential uh, of Colorado winning, but also know that what Tampa can do, but you know, the betting public, it was, it was even on the money line. And actually Colorado gave a goal and a half to Tampa at that game at home with then the two-time Stanley Cup champ. So clearly there were a lot of people thinking that it could happen. I I feel like what changed the game uh, in this one, the goal off the board didn't change the game, but that didn't help it uh, because it took almost three minutes. And the big question post-game on that was is that a part of the rule? Should it be able to take that long? Because they thought the puck was going to be dropping much quicker than that, and they would just sit in there standing and waiting, right? So then that goal gets taken off the board, fine. They tie up the game. Uh, The plot goal was a big one. But we did see a meltdown of Darcy Kemper, and what started the meltdown was, I want to say it was in the second period, Corey Perry gets plastered by Josh Manson behind the net, and he kind of looks over him like a boxer, like, you know... Again, there's not much love for Corey Perry. And then when Corey Perry's getting off the ice when he realizes he's not penalized, he pushes or gives like a love tap to Kemper. And so trying to figure out what happened, someone on Twitter, and I forget his name, was like, you know, I think Kemper said something to Perry. And I said, you know, I think you're right. And what, a couple of minutes later, he gives up a bad goal. And so clearly he had sort of lost focus there. And Maroon cut through the crease on purpose, to see if he could kind of get Kemper on edge. I don't even know if Maroon was really trying to score because, you know, Kemper like poke checked it. It didn't seem
0: it like it, but it worked no, out.
1: No, it worked out. Kemper poke checked the puck and I think it hit off Maroon and then goes into the top of the net and then that was it for Kemper. So I think they got him, they got to him mentally. Had they not gotten to him mentally, you saw what Colorado was doing. What was interesting was McKinnon said, you know, I think we did okay. And, yeah. and he's right. He's right in the sense that they were skating the way they wanted to. Rantanen was a factor for a lot of that game. He was having a really good game. It's just, hey, Tampa can take advantage of mistakes and put them in the net, and and that really was the difference in the game. And now the big question is, and this is what I wrote about on Sportology, it's kind of Kemper against Tampa now, I think, because Colorado knows what they could do against Tampa, but they have to get the good goaltending because if not – Then they've got a problem because Fran is not the answer. We know that.
0: Yeah, he was a little dangerous out there as per usual, (laughs) like skating too far outside the net. Yeah, Um, I think I really had two observations from this game. And the first one on the Colorado side of things, I think you're right. They did actually play pretty well, all things considered. And one thing that they continue to do really well overall is when Tampa clears the puck, Colorado doesn't actually allow them to clear the puck, whereas they always have somebody at center ice who traps the puck. And so not only does it prevent them from actually getting rushes in the other direction, but it inhibits their line changes as well. And they get stuck in the defensive zone. So I think that if they can continue to do that, plus get the goal scoring opportunities like they have, they can come back. No question.
1: Now let's talk about the line changes because And i forget was that the palat goal that came off the uh the line change where it was kind of like a jailbreak and then they yeah i don't know tampa has been known to kind of cheat on the line changes and i'm where i was sitting i saw an awful lot of skates on the ice before that play happened, and they scored so quickly. And I kind of wonder if they had an extra guy on the ice. I thought it's they might. It's
0: possible because they get trapped so often that they yeah. just have to make the changes and, you know, right. risk too many men on the ice.
1: And I tweeted that. I really felt that, but yeah. it wasn't brought up. So who knows?
0: Yeah. My, my other observation on the Tampa side of things is that they got well-rounded scoring in this game that all of the goals were scored by different people. And I think that's really important. The Anthony Sorelli goal to tie it up. First of all, was absolutely magic. It was such a good move. And um, I really think that re-energized Tampa in a way where um, it it just carried them through the rest of the game and and to get distributed scoring the way they did. And especially from the people, that they did. You know, you have your longtime veteran like Pat Maroon, you have a leader like Steven Stamkos, you have an up and comer who's like, burst onto the scene in Nick Paul. And I think that if you look at all of that together, that is a really strong effort by this Tampa team. And I feel like it's repeatable. I mean, like I said, Colorado has so much to draw from that, you know, they could end up being a brick wall on the other side of things. But um, I do think both teams have it within them to win this series.
1: Yeah, they definitely do. And I would say the Logan O'Connor ragdolling of Ross Colton was a little shocking, too. Not because there was a fight. You know, there have been some fights in the Stanley Cup. You can go back and there's been like one or two every once in a while. But this was just a massacre
0: it really was but man this uh, series has been a ton of fun so far it's like people were saying it was kind of the dream matchup that everybody wanted and i think to a large degree it's fulfilling that so looking forward to the rest of it
1: yep and you know there's all kinds of stats this is the first loss for colorado on the road tampa's won their last eight in a row at home like everybody's got to do something for the first time in this series like it's just they're both just that good
0: All right, we are going to get to your mailbag questions coming up next, but first we're gonna hear about our friends at Rock Auto.
1: This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer from expert mechanics to beginner do-it-yourselfers. They have everything you can need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whatever you need for your car, you'll be able to find it and get your car in shape. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com.
0: We have a ton of great questions of yours to get to in a moment. But first, we have a quick favor to ask of you. Locked On has put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners just like you and make your favorite Locked On podcasts even better. This is your chance to tell us what you like and what you don't like about Locked On shows. So go to lockedonpodcasts.com survey right now to get started it won't take very long and everyone that completes a survey qualifies for a chance to win one of ten hundred dollar ticket master gift cards to take that survey once again go to locked slash survey and thanks for your help all right a basket of questions this week the first one's a good one from martin m And uh, he says, hey, guys, I have a question for the panel, especially Russ. What are your feelings on the roster shaping for the 2022 World Junior competition in August? Will the proximity of training camp affect who participates?
1: Um, No, because I think teams are willing to let guys be late to camp to do that. Uh, It's only training camp. It's not missing games. So I think I think they'll be willing to do that. Uh, You know, someone like Torts would frown, but I think Chuck would let him do it and it would be the right thing. And so that's, you know, the difference, I think, of of those two.
0: Yeah, I think that uh, Hockey Canada and USA Hockey in particular have a lot of pride around this tournament. And I think that they are going to fight tooth and nail to have the players that they want on these rosters to be able to win. And honestly, I think a lot of these kids really want a chance to play in the tournament i think that it's an important tournament for them and in their careers and something that you know if you ask nhlers who participated in the tournament years ago they say it was a seminal moment in their development and look back on it fondly so um i I do think that most of the expected guys will be on those rosters
1: yeah i mean a couple that you know of of the top picks like shane wright's not going to be there right like right like we expect that i did jot down a quick list of flyers guys that i think could be in it if you want it oh yeah so i think based on the age because you know they they were younger at the time uh like Emil andre i think could still be in the mix for that uh mm-hmm. should be for sweden brian zanetti what for for the Swiss? switzerland yeah yep for switzerland uh ethan samson for canada he got invited to the to pre-camp camp. and maybe samu Tuomala for finland
0: yeah, we'll see uh, how that shapes up, but it'll be fun to have an extra hockey tournament in the summer to yeah. talk about. All right, next question uh, from Don. With the hiring of Torts, what do you think the impact will be on Carter Hart's?
1: Well, I mean, in the press conference, it was a focus to make sure that they cleared out all the garbage in front of them. Garbage is my word, Torts didn't say that, but there was a lot of hijinks and stuff that were going on that weren't taken care of. So I do think it'll be fine, uh Torts is pretty hands off with goalies these days and really lets the goalie coaches do their thing so i i don't think there's going to be a big deal here i think it'll he'll be really supportive
0: i think so too and based on what he said very specifically you know he understands what carter hart's development has been like and um, like you said, said flat out that he thinks Carter Hart deserves to have a stronger defensive structure in front of him. So I think that he'll stay out of the way when he needs to, but do the work to try and get him some support uh, when he does. So I think it'll be a good thing, on average. Mm-hmm. All right, Will CC uh, from YouTube asks. Um, he had a ton of great questions, by the way, about the retool, which we're going to cover over the next. Month or so leading up to free agency, but there was one particular question that I thought was especially interesting to look at. Will ask more specifically, what are they looking to add, and what are they looking to subtract? Is the forward group too small, too slow, lacking in scoring or passing skills, or do they want only two-way forwards?
1: Well, I mean that's something that torts would like, but uh, you know they're not going to be able to do it that way. I I think what they will add is some speed and some toughness. I think they'll do both. So, if they can get somebody that has speed and toughness, I think they'll do that. I think they might also add uh, just so, sort of like a rock solid defender. Nick Sealer would not be the guy to be that, but maybe they would try and add that via trade or free agency, just like a veteran guy that could really, you know, suck up some big minutes there and, and, and help out the group.
0: Yeah. Just a quick aside on Nick Sealer uh, Torts was on with Jeff Merrick. And was talking specifically about a, a Nick Sealer's story. And it got me so worried that Torrance was actually going to really like Nick Sealer. And well, yeah, because he's got a stupid,
1: he has a stupid type story. He does.
0: I know. And so it's, I think that was a moment where I, I took a step back. I was like, oh no, don't get on the Nick Sealer train. Once again, like Nick Sealer, the person. Right. We don't just don't want him to play 45 just, games. Exactly. We just want him to be a fill-in defenseman, yes. and not a permanent defenseman. Right. Okay, so going back to Will's question, yeah, I think that certainly Torts is going to want them to be a better skating team, as we know from, from his past and how he coaches and how he runs practices. And so I think there will be that. Uh, focus in terms of working with Chuck Fletcher to get guys that can skate a, a little bit better, I think north, south, and east west I gotta say that you know one of the big weaknesses I think of the flyers is too much stationary action and not yes. enough keeping the feet moving and so I think that is going to be a huge emphasis for this team is getting guys who are really good in the transition and don't just stand around because I think any guy on this team this next year who stands around is going to get benched, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, all right, next question. Will the Flyers trade the fifth overall pick for a proven player?
1: I mean, I think they're going to have those scary type of discussions. I do, because I think teams will look at the Flyers from, you know, the outside and say, well, they are saying they want to be competitive. We got a guy that we're willing to trade that maybe they they want to get, and we'll take the fifth overall pick. I, I You know, those discussions are going to happen. Ultimately, I don't think they'll do it, but I think Chuck is going to sell those discussions as we get closer to the draft.
0: Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I do think that the one thing that people will have to worry about to some degree is the trading away of that pick for some sort of superstar blockbuster thing and that he feels like he can't refuse and that worries me because mm-hmm. like the Ristolainen deal weighs heavy on me and oh, yeah. and giving away a first rounder in that deal I think was unconscionable <laughs> I just think that um it just overvalued Ristolainen to such an extent that I feel like Chuck could undervalue what this fifth overall pick is in a in a potential deal well especially since they're
1: so sold on the 2023 draft mm-hmm. and you know and they've you know have more picks there it, it, it it's a legit worry
0: ultimately I think you're right I don't think they do it but I do think that the temptation will be there especially in a need to turn things around quickly that if they get stars in their eyes and could get some sort of you know 35 to 40 goal scorer mm-hmm. and give up that pick as part of the deal they they will definitely seriously consider it and and that has me worried <laughs> but we shall see all right uh, next question should the flyers clear cap space now and play the kids to try and be more competitive in year two of the Torrance era, as opposed to this year.
1: Yeah, I think so. Uh, there was a Philly radio personality that called me last night and and asked me um, a similar question, like, "Hey, uh, what year do you think the Flyers are going to make the playoffs with Torrance?" Like, they just he just flat out asked me, and I said, "I think year two. There's a chance. I think year one, it's really the the, uh, the cards are stacked." So my feeling is and this is just me if i were doing this i would let more of the kids play so i could see who works with torch who doesn't and then i know who i could trade i would clear some cap space so i have flexibility so i could gain uh maybe a player at the deadline because somebody doesn't can't afford them and and they've got a couple years term on them and i've got the actual space to do it uh that would be good so this way i could really go full force Then next year on the lineup when maybe another salary falls off and we, you know, and and you could start focusing on what is working, you know, with the coach, because, you know, if you gear up this year and you get all these players to kind of gear up with the coach right now, just because they say they want them, it doesn't mean it's going to work. I'd rather like have some skates on the ice and have a, a blueprint of what's going on so I really have a better idea of how to fix it rather than the quick fix.
0: Yeah, I think there's something to that, especially in terms of having more of the younger players get on board with Torts earlier, whereas if they are coming into the Flyers and their NHL careers only knowing Torts as the coach... I think and kind of building their pro game under Torts, I think that will only serve them better as far mm-hmm. as their careers within the Flyers organization. You know, that doesn't put any value judgment on Torts as a coach or, or what, you know, whether he's good or whether he's not. It just says, here's our our guys, they're bought in fully on this system because that's the the one system that they know in the NHL. Yeah. And it makes them better at that versus having to have competing systems in their heads or knowledge of a past that they shouldn't be thinking about.
1: Yeah. I think there's a legit worry that again, a lot of roster spots are going to get filled with filler instead of having younger guys try and prove
0: themselves. Hopefully they, they do a better job at at balancing that out. Um, We're going to have more questions, more Tortorella related stuff for sure coming up next, but uh, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league review, and news, including this year's NHL Stanley Cup final and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, we've got a few more questions to round out the show. Uh, what do the media outside of the Philadelphia market think of the Tortorella hire?
1: It's interesting. Um, So when I walked into the cup, uh, I was approached by a lot of different people. I was talking to guys like Mike Russo. A lot of people know I'm from the area and we're just like, hey, what do you think of, you know, this move? And the overriding factor is they all are skeptical about what the Flyers could do this year this upcoming season. They're skeptical about that. They're not necessarily skeptical about torts, but also feel like with the cap situation, it's a tough slog here to try and to get better. Uh, You know, with the way it is, maybe in two months, we'll be, you know, giddy about what's transpired. So, you know, they they're not against the hire. But as far as everything else, there's a lot of skepticism.
0: Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. This is obviously just anecdotal and based on my personal Twitter feed, but I saw a lot of people laughing at this hire and you know, little L O L and laughing emojis and stuff at it. And it's like, haha, Philly, you know, you're just a source of amusement and and stuff. And I, you know, I I have to try and be you know rational about this and i just fall back on really what i said about the hires that like this is not a bad hire in the given circumstances and what we've been told and i think like to sort of make fun of the flyers in this is um i think a little short-sighted i mean first off there's so many other things you can make fun of the flyers for, right (laughs) um If anybody knows, like, what a slog it's been to be a Flyers fan the past several years, it's us. We know. So I I just don't think you're getting anything out of it. I just, like, wonder why you're not, like, actually taking the time to think about it. And so I I appreciate, like, people outside actually asking the question of people who are are more in the know.
1: Right. So, like, with one person, I was talking about the Kings. And so the interesting thing about the Kings is... Hey, their perspective, you know, covering that team as well. They got to the playoffs. That's nice. They still wanted them to do more at the deadline. Uh, and they didn't, you know, um, like getting a guy like Leckan in there. But again, you know, after the fact, everybody wants Leckan in, right? Because he started yeah. doing stuff. I mean, it's is, it's almost unfair. But, um, but how did the Kings get there? They got there with uh, a retool, and they waited and they played a lot of young players And they did trial and error, and they've done some good drafting and developing. Like that's how they got there. That's how they got to the playoffs this year and got there ahead of schedule.
0: They did, and I don't think that it's unreasonable to be nervous because I think the Flyers have not gotten there ahead of schedule in a very, very, very long time. Not even. I mean, the bubble.
1: The bubble. I guess you could say it was unexpected, but it was also the bubble. It was like it turned out to be a real anomaly. It wasn't even the
0: bubble. It was the lead up. Before the shutdown, that was unexpected. It wasn't the bubble itself. Right.
1: No, that's true. Yeah. It's
0: hard. It's hard to say. But I I do think that it's important to get like a balanced perspective on these things. All right. Next question. Who in the Metro division is poised to take the biggest step forward next season?
1: In the Metro division, biggest step forward. Like, because this year we know it was the Rangers. Um, I'm gonna say it's the devils,
0: you know. I want to say it's the devils, but I've said it was the devils before, and that has so not one year you gotta be right, Rachel. <laughs> I know. It's like, should I go with them again? But it feels like it should be, but something is going to go wrong. It just feels like, for whatever reason, this organization is not lucking out. And and they have lucked out. That's the thing is they they have two. They've pieces. lucked out in the draft. Yes. Yeah, they've lucked out in the lottery. But in terms of everything around the lottery players, and even you know Nico Heisher to some degree isn't as strong as maybe people might have expected. But sure. But I I just think that they haven't been able to build around that well, and so I worry that they're gonna, you know, swing for the fences and end up with. A mediocre team again.
1: But they got another high pick this year, too.
0: They do. They do. Oh, If they trade it, though, for a bunch of good stuff, that's what's going to bother me. And uh that's where we're going to have to end it for today. Uh, thank you so much, again, for your questions. Keep sending them in. We'll keep answering them for you. Uh, we will be back again tomorrow. We are talking to Ross Levitan of Locked On Sends. Uh, to look at trade possibilities with the Ottawa Senators. Uh, we did a similar episode with the Oilers, which was a lot of fun. So looking forward to that. Plus, we'll have our prospect profile on Jager Fircus. So um, looking forward to that as well. Uh, to send in your questions for us, you can tweet us at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. You can also uh, comment on our YouTube channel. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at R-Miriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M.
1: I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y.
0: You made us your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Locked on NHL. Locked on NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. You can catch me on the Friday show. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day, everyone.